Welcome back. This is the second hour of Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett going live. I'm located somewhere at an undisclosed location deep in the woods of western Wisconsin, bringing on guests who have something interesting or provocative to say, often people who are doing brilliant work that is being utterly ignored, if not outright suppressed, by the corporate-controlled mainstream. Well, let's move on now from the uh, lapsed Catholic and uh, also lapsed follower of the Buddhafield cult, Revia Gleis, and move on to somebody who's definitely not a lapsed Catholic, somebody who is one of the most authentic and uh, courageous uh, and eloquent Catholic voices out there. Thaddeus Kaczynski, he's the author of Modernity as Apocalypse, Sacred Nihilism, and the Counterfeits of Logos. And he has a couple of great new essays on his substack. The first is What Plato Can Teach Us About COVID-19, and the other is COVID-19, The Warning. The Plato article is uh, philosophical. The warning article is pretty hardcore. That's uh, pushing the boundaries of what you're allowed to say without being deplatformed pretty much anywhere on planet Earth these days, the way things are going. So let's go ahead and get deplatformed right off planet Earth, uh, or where I don't know where they're going to send us next. COVID camp in Alpha, Alpha Centauri, maybe. I don't know. Things are uh, completely spiraling out of control, and uh, Thaddeus is one of the wise heads uh, helping us make sense out of it. So, hey, welcome, Thaddeus Kaczynski. How are you? Hey, Kevin. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. And, you know, I, I really appreciate your work. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting that the first hour guest, Radia Gleis, is a very much a spiritually engaged and some might say, you know, experienced kind of person. Uh, she's ended up in a kind of a uh, an odd sort of uh, ecumenical secular uh, form of monotheistic spirituality that I actually kind of respect. And, and uh, but politically, she's drinking a lot of Democratic Party Kool-Aid. Um, you, on the other hand, uh, have are, are a little bit more like me in terms of being rooted in a traditionalist approach to religion and spirituality. And uh, you're definitely not drinking anybody's Kool-Aid, uh, least of all the COVID-19 Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, so, so let's talk a little bit about your, your take on uh, how outrageous this whole uh, COVID-19 situation is. Yeah, when, when things started, um, things started up in California for me um, with the lockdowns, the first lockdown. You remember that way back in the day? <laughs> oh, man, I could hardly remember my first lockdown. Uh, Grandpa, tell us about that lockdown. Yeah. But I knew some something in me knew when the governor called this lockdown. Um, I knew that he wasn't allowed to do that, you know, legally. Um, and when I saw everyone, I remember going to uh, Whole Foods the minute he called this lockdown. And they said, you can't come in here. It wasn't a lockdown with Whole Foods. It was the masks, actually. And they said, you can't come in here without a mask. And I just knew that 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 edict had no authority whatsoever legally. Of course, it had. I also knew it had no moral or or um, scientific authority. I think maybe I was researching a bit uh, right away, and there was already some people coming out uh, at that time. And so I knew instantly that this was the beginning of something, and I 
immediately connected it to 9-11. It felt exactly the same. Um, the same spirit, the same um, uh, propaganda onslaught, uh, the same kind of lawless uh, dictates. Yeah, and we're worshiping a piece of cloth, right? For 9-11, you worship the flag. Uh, COVID, you worship the mask. Yeah, and so I was, you know, this intuition was strong. And, you know, I had thought 9-11 would be the last and the biggest one. I, I couldn't imagine what, what could come. But but certainly um, from that day on, uh, I, 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 I kind of changed and, and started to do more activism, you know, doing rallies and protests and, you know, m- meeting some great people uh, who did not share my religious, spiritual beliefs, but for some reason had the same intuition early on. And that's an interesting phenomena, um, the way in which this counterfeit religion, this antichrist religion that's been set up, um, is sifting the population. And it's interesting, those who, who get it are not always your fellow co-religionists, and those who don't get it sometimes are. And it's remarkable the way in which this this counterfeit is, is, is sifting and bringing out um, those who have a love of truth over their tribal identity. You know, I remember listening to a psychologist say that, you know, our biologically we're wired to actually put our um, social uh, belonging needs, kind of evolutionary biological need to have social, um, you know, solidarity and conformity for the sake of survival. We, we, we put that over truth. Um, sort of biologically. And in order to counteract that, you know, you have to, you know, call on higher faculties. And it's just remarkable how many people you would think would put the truth over over this low level, uh, you know, um, what is it? Reptilian brain need, um, you know, over over uh, over the truth. It's it's been it's been quite eye opening to me. Yeah, and and it's true in a lot of communities as well. Uh, among Muslims, I would say that probably the majority, and certainly the majority of the people who are behind the funded institutions and such, are very much on board with the kind of mainstream establishment approach to the uh, pandemic. And and that that next leads to the question of you know when you say that you quickly uh, saw that the masking was uh, morally and scientifically uh, wrong, which comes first? That is, yeah. if, if science, let's, let's say scientific experiments showed that masking would reduce the damages from a real dangerous pandemic uh, quite considerably, um, if the science said that, would then the masking be morally right or, or not? Um, yeah, the, the question is, is, is actually, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, if you had a legitimate, um, political community with real statesmen who actually were uh, motivated by wisdom and the common good, um, and you could trust them. And if we had, uh, a scientific establishment that was also actually, you know, based on reality and truth, uh, then, you know, you, you could argue that there could be, um, you know, maybe even for the sake of protecting the common good of health, 
uh, a mandate, uh, you know, or a law. But as you know, that none of those are true, and that's not how this went into effect. This this went into effect by, um, you know, authoritarian edict mixed with you know bureaucratic mandates, um, and you know. You know, it's 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 the case that when when these public authorities say that they're promoting public health, there there isn't there isn't a reason to believe that. You know, I mean, they've they've shown themselves to be the system itself. Um, sorry to say, has the evidence suggests that it's it's oriented, you know, in its structure uh, towards. Um, ideology and profit over the human good. Um, yes. and, and, th- and this, this gets into the problem with secular liberalism, which I talk about a little bit in the, in the piece, you know, secular liberalism, um, doesn't know it, 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 it isn't permitted to actually promote and enforce and govern according to anything that's actually good. Um, like in, in the traditional sense of the word good, um, it has to govern by other criteria like rights or uh, collective, you know, welfare or, um, you know, uh, I mean, it, it's anything but actually what is good for humans because it doesn't know. Right. Liberalism says, if you can personify it for a second, um, you know, in terms of a governing uh, authority, we liberals, you know, do not uh impose any particular conception of, of what's good in the moral or metaphysical sphere. Now you might say, well, what about in the health sphere? Well, that gets into some, some problems because, you know, if you say you don't know what the good is morally, um, do you even know what a human being is? Do you even know what a human being's for? Do you even know that human beings are good mm-hmm. in themselves? And, and why, why would health be better than sickness then? Exactly. Or why would life be better than death? I mean, wh- right. why not say that something else can trump the lives of humans? Like, I don't know, the profits of elites or the collective u- utilitarian good? There, there really aren't any arguments against using humans as, sac- or as sacrifices. I mean, just like in the communist ideology, right? The, the, there isn't any reason for the sanctity of human life in liberalism. Now, there is some in- instincts and intuitions built into common law. And what was interesting to me was these edicts were attacking the, the, the common law, the, the settled customs. You know, like you can't call an emergency if you haven't proven there is it, there is one. Um, and even if you have, you have to have the legislation, legislator, uh, you know, ratify it. And then you have to go every 90 days and prove it again. And even if you have an emergency, constitutional uh, protections uh, are not n- canceled due to anything. You know, they had the the small what was it the smallpox epidemic? I think it was in the early founding years, um, and and they 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 wrote the constitution in light of that. They 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 did not think that a plague would ever. And so when when I saw the all these laws being you know de facto nullified and canceled on mass by one guy's uh, you know edict. I knew that this was something other than um, the protection of the common good. It, 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 I knew it wasn't that. I knew it was. Tiny- it, it, your instinct is, is actually proven right. Uh, and for evidence, people ought to read RFK Jr.'s new book. Yes. Oh, yes. It's wonderful. Um, 
So, you know, the question is, the question I have is, is, you know, now, nowadays, it's taken two years for there being pushback, you know, um, from, uh, you know, more and more people who are, you know, in some kind of uh, high profile uh, position to say that, you know, like governors saying you can't do this and DeSantis. But the, 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 the amazing thing is how quickly people deferred to authoritarian edicts uh, that that claim to be for the sake of your good. And what this reminds me of is what um, Lobachevsky, the, uh, the, the Polish um, psychiatrist and writer, um, you know, his book, Political Panerology, right? Um, yeah, yeah, the analysis of psycho, uh, psychopaths in political life. Well, you know, the, the modus operandi, right, is for the psychopaths to give these give these edicts and rule and always use some kind of moral justification for it. And the people will um, will believe that moral justification almost immediately because they can't comprehend that anyone would actually promote something for the sake of their own private desires uh, and call it public good. It's like people can't imagine that. So every, everybody's a sucker. Like the non-psychopaths will always, um, so, you know, will, will always accept that justification. There's so many Catholics right now uh, in, in the media who, who, who write articles. Uh, there's one guy uh, who, who writes, um, you know, and he says, you know, mask up and take the shot. And he basically like goes to the scriptures, you know, and talks about how this is exactly what here, here's an analogy in St. Paul with eating food that's been sacrificed to idols. And maybe you don't you could turn your nose and you don't like it, but, you know, you got to do it because it's, it's for the sake of others. And I mean, the bastardization and blasphemy that's going on, you know, justifying these completely psychopathic uh, edicts. Masks cause irreversible brain damage to children. OK, that that is just it, it is true. I've done enough research on this. The the amount of oxygen deprivation of kids wearing these masks uh, for hours on end um, it causes uh, a lack of brain development and brain damage. The shots um, are are bioweapons. Okay, they contain within them these these toxic spike proteins, and who who knows what the hell else is in them? Graphene oxide, all these things. So what you've got is a mass extermination campaign um, that's done very carefully um, so as to hide itself and a, and a mass campaign to dehumanize, uh, to uh, degrade and to um, depersonalize people. I mean, it's a all out physical, spiritual, moral, uh, political, cultural attack on the human person. And you have these Christian leaders uh, baptizing this as if it were acts of charity and love. I mean, you, you can't get any more uh, satanic than this. I really well, don't think. That, that is when you call it a mass extermination campaign, uh, sort of to, I mean, how, how far do you go? or where, What is your source for like what percentage of the people who get these shots are going to die when? Because so far the evidence points to at least the possibility of there being enough uh, heart problems and perhaps other problems that uh, overall death rates may be rising somewhere in the sort of 15% range 
over what deaths would normally be. And that's yeah. pretty bad. And that actually means that these vaccines are undoubtedly causing more harm than good for at least the younger and healthier segment of the people who are getting them. Yeah. But uh, we're not talking about like, you know, everybody gets the shots is going to die. Are we? Well, you know, um, my sources are people like um, Mike Eden, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, um, Zelenko, uh, um, Vladimir Zelenko, the uh, Jewish doctor from Brooklyn, um, and and people like um, Sherry Tenpenny, um, and there's there's others. You know, uh, these are well credentialed uh, doctors. And um, the thing about what's happening is, um, first of all, you know that the that the, this vaccine has killed more than any other vaccine has ever been developed in, in this amount of time. That's a fact. Um, but we, we don't know. One of the things that this shot has in it is a kind of, uh, almost like a ticking time bomb for, uh, perpetual, uh, immune destruction, uh, or, or perpetual production of spike proteins, which causes something called antibody dependent enhancement. Um, and, and some of the presentations I've seen will say that, that, that people will, um, not be able to fight off uh, normal viruses. And, and this is deliberate. So it's a deliberate destruction of the immune system. Um, so you have that. We also know that with every increasing number of shots, it, it's more and more dangerous and toxic. There, there's more of this being put into your system. And we know that the boosters are now increasing. Um, and so from what I understand, that there's definitely a possibility within two years, this is what Sherry Tenpenny says, um, within two years of there being um, a, a significant larger number than what we're seeing now of dead. And um, so, look, uh, you know, uh, God's in control, um, you know, uh, it, but I do I do think that we're, we're in for something in the next two years worse than we can probably even imagine right now. And that's because of what I've seen of what the ingredients are in this, including graphene oxide, the spike protein. Um, also, with the intention that I've heard from various psychopathic elites, you know, Bill Gates and Schwab um, and others, you know, the, the intention is depopulation. The intention is uh, a, a vastly smaller population to do the bidding of the oligarchs and the elites. And, um, you know, uh, so I, I, I can't say for sure at this point you know, uh, how many millions, you know, will be dead, but I do think it will be comparable to anything we've seen in any kind of Holocaust we've seen recently. I, I do believe that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I also, I, I think I also, the jury's still out on that, but it, it's certainly not, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. I don't rule it out. My, my, again, my intuition and based on the evidence and, and some of the prognostications I've seen from people like Eden and Sherry Tenpenny is we have to prepare for the worst. And my intuition is, is that many people are going to be dying, especially children. Um, I, I think there might be a possibility of there being um, a large amount of, of children dead. I mean, in other words, kids will go to school and, you know, three or four or five or six kids will be dead next year, uh, the, you know, 2022. And this is what Sherry Penny, Dead Penny said. They'll, they'll be asking their mommy, did you get me that shot? 
am I going to die? Because, you know, th- these people died in my class. And it might be that that's what it takes to wake people up to this. But, but um, where, if, if that's the case, why haven't we really seen uh, any major uptick in uh, deaths of children who've had the shots, whether in the trials or in the mass rollouts that we've already seen? Are yeah. you saying this, this is a time bomb that's not going to – it's not going to tick down to explode for like a year or two. And, and how would, I don't understand the mechanism for that. Well, you know, you do. Have you heard that the VAR, the VARES data could be um, only one percent of the actual deaths? Have you heard that before? Well, yeah, that's based on an analysis of previous uh, VARES data for other kinds of vaccines. I, it's possible that it's probably, you know, it's the real number would be less than that, you know, multiplying it by 100, because it's it's always possible that with these vaccines, uh, as opposed to, say, flu vaccines, I think the, the hundredfold uh, estimate comes from flu vaccines, where people just kind of hardly notice that they've gotten their flu vaccine. It's just about the same way they go to the drugstore to buy their uh, cough syrup or their Band-Aids or what have you. And so they don't report stuff. Uh, that, you know, if, if uh, they get sick uh, or they die two weeks later, nobody makes the connection. However, with the COVID vaccines, because there's so, been so much hoopla about them, I would guess that there actually might be a little more reporting. Uh, so I'm not sure that you would have to multiply the VAERS numbers by anything like 100. And the other side, of course, could argue that you should actually be reducing the VAERS numbers. However, there's also the counterbalancing uh, prejudice on the part of the establishment to try to minimize these reports of harmful effects and deaths. So it's it's all a crapshoot. And that is one of the problems is that we don't have good data in the United States and in these countries where they have better data. It's kind of concerning in places like the UK uh, and Israel, where they actually the government collects uh, uh, these statistics because they have a national health service. It does look like the uh you know this, at best the vaccines are almost failing or at least you know they're they're wearing off very quickly and possibly doing more harm than good as we see death rates upticking uh, with no good reasons it's not covid deaths but for some reason the overall death rates are going up in germany uh, that was yeah. the new report just today uh, so yeah it's all concerning whether it means that you know kindergartens full of children are all going to be dropping dead in two years well, i would guess probably not but yeah you know, i mean you, you might be right i i guess to me that the strategy of this was to have a um a relatively slow um depopulation um agenda which would if you do it too fast people will wake up and they'll resist they're boiling the frog what what's that they're boiling the frog, right? You have to boil yeah, the frog slowly. What they want to do is they, they want to have people dying of autoimmune diseases as well. Maybe the majority of them will die young um, and be sterilized. I know there's there's talk of there's evidence of sterilization um, happening because the spike proteins go to the ovaries and that's that's been shown. And so if you combine sterilization with a lot, a good amount of instant deaths, you know, t- within 10 or 20 days with um, a, a lot of lingering illnesses that nobody can recover from in the next few years. And then by that time, they will have propaganda ready to explain how that's um, based, that that's, that's caused by something or other, some new variant or something, whatever, whatever they come up with, right? In other words, people are going to be dying and they're not going to be able to know that it's the, it was the vax. I mean, that's already happening. Um, but when the so, overall death rate goes up, it, it's sure a red flag, 
Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, even if the, the I don't think the I don't think the main goal is um, is just simply death. Right. I think that's one of the the the, the goals is just because I, I think this is all a kind of satanically inspired project. And so Satan loves death. He's the father of death. He's the murderer from the beginning and he's the liar from the beginning. Um, and so it, it, death is certainly uh, part of the deal. But the main thing is spiritual, uh, you know, in, in control and, um, you know, controlling the souls of people so that their chance at salvation is is minimized. Um, and and so that's when you bring in the vaccine passports and the this new hell on earth that's emerging, right? Uh, the fourth revolution, um, the, the 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 new the great reset, the new normal, where people will basically be I, I mean the first time i uh, when this was first happening in march 2020 i i compared it to the hunger games um where you know you've got a, a mass of, of of enslaved uh serfs um who do the bidding of this uh small elite and uh you know they didn't have much technology in, the, in that movie to do it but you know with, with the surveillance and the social credit and and perhaps in the future some kind of chip coming down the line, um, which will have, you know, all of your, uh, your whole life on it, basically, if they can, if they can make it so that depending on whether you have the right belief and say the right thing and do the right things, according to the, the global propaganda, um, you know, the edicts, the night, the Orwellian edicts, you know, coming on the, the screen, if they can turn off your supply of, of money, and sustenance, um, I mean, that's unheard of in the history of mankind that that could happen, and and that's cert- certainly in in the works. Don't you agree? I mean, that that seems to be uh, what what the elites want uh, ultimately. Yeah, the they're world. they're moving into full blown uh, technocracy for sure. We've already really been living in a technocracy up to a certain point, but it's just getting worse and worse all the time. And this scamdemic is a good excuse for that. Of course, there's also the biological warfare aspect of this. Yes. And, and that that aspect, I think, has really been neglected in a lot of the alternative discourse. Uh, the, that Ron Unz ebook on the uh, origins of COVID, uh, that I think makes a very good case that this probably emerged out of a neocon bioattack on China and Iran. And if so, that would suggest that the banksters who rule the West – by you know they've engineered this banking scam where they print the money out of nothing and then charge interest on it <laughs> as they create it they charge interest on every dollar they create it comes it all has to come back to them both the principal and the interest so they basically got free money and if you want to do social control and buy up uh, guns police forces and soldiers and psychological warfare experts and all kind of medical experts scientists and so on right. and so forth you need free money so they are trying to expand their empire and strengthen their empire, both at home and abroad. And they want to go after the nations that they don't fully control, Russia, China, Iran being the most obvious ones. And to do that, they may be ushering an era in an era of endemic biowarfare. Robert Cadillac, who Trump appointed as the biowar czar, just in time for China to get hit with the bird flu that killed off their chickens and the pork flu that killed off their biggest meat supply, their pork, 
um, uh, Haramalik. <laughs> they shouldn't be eating pork. <laughs> Those, <laughs> and, and then finally, then COVID in the next year, this Cadillac it has a record of saying that biological warfare is the future of warfare. It's perfect yeah. for deniable strikes. So if we're moving, and this was a shot across China's bow, it's left China in a vulnerable position because they were so successful in stopping it that they are still immunologically naive. So everywhere the virus is spread, uh, people have antibodies. In China, they don't. Uh, yeah. And as it mutates and gets more virulent, they're, they, they're not going to be able to stop it. So the long-term effects actually might be worse in China than in the West. So I, I'm thinking about it in these geopolitical terms. And I right. think that the Western banksters want a controlled society uh, both to augment their power in general, but also so that they can go to war to expand their borders and grab more uh, territory and resources and control over more people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't see why you can't have um, a number of agendas going on at once, just like with 9-11, right? Um, I mean, th- there was there was a lot of people benefiting from that act. Um it's it's hard to say exactly who is the or, the ultimate orchestrator of these type of things, including with nine eleven, um, and who knows what. But I but I don't see why these explanations have to be mutually exclusive. There's a lot of criminal bad people, uh, you know, uh, gaining from from totalitarianism, um, and so I I would agree that you know I don't I don't have the geopolitical uh, expertise you'd have in the expert you know, but I I defer to you on that. Um, I, I, that sounds plausible to me. Um, but I guess what I'm, what I'm concerned with too, is, is the way in which, um, the, 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 the way that our, our secular liberal culture and, and political ideas, um, almost caused the, the, this, this response, you know, that's what I talk about in my article. Um, mm-hmm. so we, you know, you could talk about, you know, the, the machinations of, of who and which groups and what they're gaining from it. I mean, obviously, they're they're all united by being psychopathic, um, you know, godless, uh, vicious, wicked people. I mean, tyrants, right? Right. We're talking about global tyranny, right? And the tyrant is always seeking his private good uh, uh, and using you to get it. Um, and the the greatest kind of tyranny is to get you to think that you're doing your good, what's for good for you, and good for the community by doing what's what's good for their passions and their you know, diabolical desires. And that seems to be what, what we exactly what's happening. Um, and I guess I wonder what, why do people think, well, why, why are they falling so much for the, um, the group think? Um, and, and like I say, in my article, there's psychological reasons for this. You know, if you, if you traumatize a populace in fear, you could program them. I mean, we saw that on nine 11 and all you have to do is as a, uh, uh, Matt, Matthias Desmet, I think his name is. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm getting that right, but he he gave a kind of uh, analysis of of uh, the way in which liberal uh, individualist secular societies are kind of sitting ducks for totalitarianism. Because if you add, they have a culture of free floating anxiety due to their isolation and um, individualism and lack of real community, um, consumerism, and and all these. Um, you know, the, these different kinds of uh, spiritual, moral, and psychological vices, they're basically alone in a crowd and anxious. The dr- destruction of the family, lack of, you know, rooted organic communities, constant mobilization, technocratic society, this all causes anxiety, right? Um, and then you add to that a certain amount of frustration 
uh, that they don't even know where to put an object on. They don't know where to put an object on their anxiety either. Um, and uh, now you, you, you give them, so you have the isolation and the anxiety uh, and the frustration. Uh, and then you give them an object uh, to fear that they can grab onto and, and, and sort of uh, focus all their anxiety on. This is what I'm really afraid of. This is it. And then at that point, um, they feel much better because it's not free floating anymore. Uh, and then you give them instructions on how to control uh, that evil and deal with it and maybe even overcome it. And then they'll obey it uh, without question. And the more irrational, the better. Uh, and it's a cult. Now you've created a cult based on fear-based trauma. You know, obviously 9-11 was the first uh, run through of this. But I guess my, my point in addition to that is I think people are starving for a kind of authority um, to tell them, uh, you know, what, what's, what is reality all about and what is the good and how should you live? And they, they don't have that, right? Their, their churches don't give them that. Their culture doesn't give them that. We have this postmodern ethos of uh, moral and spiritual relativism, perspectivism. Um, and, and they don't have a sense of, uh, you know, embracing um, what's true and knowing it to be that way collectively with others based on a kind of um, a communal uh, authority that, that mediates, you know, reality to them. This is the standard way that we approach uh, reality for millennia, okay? There's always... Um, priests and there's leaders and there's a wisdom tradition that gets filtered through the, the elders and the communities are based on this. Liberalism destroyed all that. Um, and so now you're the determiner of reality. Um, at the heart of liberty is the, is the, is the freedom to, to uh, conceive of your own concept of existence, of meaning and the purpose of human life. That's a, that's a, that's a Supreme Court text from Planned Parenthood versus Casey, 1995, about abortion written by a Catholic, uh, Kennedy. At the heart of liberty is the right to define your own meaning of life and existence. And what that really means is that you're on your own, you know, um, and uh, you're sort of this, this existentialist, um, postmodernist uh, feeling of things, mode. And to me, when you have a strong authoritarian declaration mixed with the fear, um, the all these 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 freedom loving, uh, freedom of speech and lifestyle loving left, left leaning people all of a sudden just, just flock to it like iron mm. filings to a magnet. Well, they're afraid of death too. Uh, and yeah, add that to the mix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Terror management theory tells us that people are constantly plagued by a conscious or unconscious, usually unconscious fear of death. Anything that reminds them of death will tend to increase their free-floating anxiety. And so these yeah. older people who are already feeling the encroachment of their inevitable death, uh, when you tell them COVID is out there and it disproportionately goes after the old people, it's going to terrorize them, but it's going to give them that concrete thing to pin their fears on, as you said. And so you can kind of understand how the, the left liberal wing, uh, especially of the, uh, the older folks, the boomer generation, has yeah. really uh, jumped on board with this. Yeah. Um, you know, and for, for Christians, it should be for Christians and theists in general, death doesn't exist. There is no death. 
they're simply passing on to the true life. Um, and, it, it, and you should see it that way. Um, you, you should see death as the, um, the passageway to God. And really any, anybody who's seen the truth of the philosophy of idealism, uh, I recently read Bernardo Castro's terrific, uh, essay on why materialism is baloney. Uh, even, you know, those who are not yet, uh, <laughs> affiliated with any monotheistic school who have thought it through in terms yeah. of materialism versus idealism and seeing that idealism is obviously uh, much, a much stronger position, then yeah. uh, once you embrace idealism, then you understand that consciousness is the root of everything and there's absolutely no reason that your consciousness would somehow go away when your physical body dies. No, consciousness itself is, is something that transcends all material objects. It's not an object. Okay, it's a subject. It's, that, it's, it's where objects in here uh it's consciousness is uh is really you know the sign that we're made the image and likeness of god and consciousness is eternal i mean socrates knew this plato knew this um and they were convinced of it and that's why socrates you know went to his death with that kind of fearlessness so i do think that that what's happening is is um like i say in my article that there's a kind of hell on earth emerging um Everything is inverted, okay? God is now um, an object. What is God for people now is something to be feared as causing death, the ultimate evil. Um, that's, the, that's evil now, uh, and that's also God. God is both the, the, uh, the good and the evil because, the, well, the, the evil is, is worshipped, you might say, as, as fear, a fear-based uh, div- divinity. And people are, are voluntarily worshiping this. And, and as long as they can have someone to tell them what to do. Um, and, and, you know, th- there's even people who um, are, are getting, you know, people who are dying from the, the shot. And they'll say, well, I still want to get it. You know, my dad died, but, you know, I want to get this thing. I want to get this shot. And it's sort of an anti-sacrament, right? The sacraments in the Catholic Church give eternal life. These sacraments give death, and people are actually wanting them. And I think it's going, that's going to get worse. And then you have the communal solidarity based on this belief system, this cult. Um, and then you have the dogmas, doctrines, and the um, prescriptions on how to follow this religion. And who's giving these things? Not holy, uh, you know, church fathers and, and saints and, and prophets, but um, you know, un, unhuman, unhuman, psychopathic Satan worshippers are the ones giving the doctrines now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it couldn't be more inverted uh, of reality itself. And and of course, it's not based on reality, right? None of this, none of this religion is based on what's actually the case. I mean, we saw this in the beginning: the the virus, regardless of of how how it was engendered and what and what what they wanted it to do, it ended up not killing any more any more than the common flu. Well, actually, that's an area I would question you about that. You said that in your article, but I think, you know, depending on which group or which nation you're looking at, actually, it, uh, according to the official statistics anyway, like in the United States, it's killed a lot more than the flu, ostensibly, the official numbers being uh, in like 20, uh, what was it, in, in 2020 and 2021, these uh, half a million, you know, total deaths now are supposedly over a million. And the flu typically only kills 
sort of, you know, 20, 30,000 a year. Right. So we're but orders remember, of magnitude above that. But how, how many of those deaths were because people were deprived of actual treatment, real treatment? Um, how many of them were killed in the hospitals uh, through uh, the remdesivir and ventilators? Um, I mean, I think there's a large number of that percentage, if we can believe the statistics. Uh, and how many of those are, were, were deaths by COVID or with COVID, right? I mean, if you look at a lot of the journalism on this, uh, there's so much fraud involved in that. But from what I understand, what I'm saying is I, I'm saying that the COVID, the whole, everything we've been told, um, asymptomatic transmission, uh, masks, social distancing, um, the, the deadliness of the virus, uh, you know, what, what they, what, they, I mean, even if you say those numbers are right, it's still not what they were trying to say it was. And so what I'm, I'm just getting at is that the, 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 the whole, the overall unreality of the thing is, is what I'm getting at. Um, and, 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 you know, CJ Hopkins is very good on this, uh, in his, in his writings, um, um, on the way in which we were, we were sort of, a, a reality was created for us, a narrative, and we believed it, and then we lived in it accordingly. He calls and, it the cult, cult of the Covidians. Yes, the Covidians. And, and the cult. new normals. And I, I think, you know, 9-11 was similar, right? You had the story that just was not true, and people believed it as if it were, and they lived within it, um, and they lived that, that consciousness. And to me, that that's hell on earth. Hell, hell is unreality, right? Hell is, a, a, you know, eternity of unreality. Where you are locked into your own delusions of isolation and hate and lack of connection and unity with with reality with God ultimately, and anybody who ends up there chooses that. Okay, no no one ends up in eternal punishment uh, without having uh, chosen it in the depths of their heart and their soul. Um, and the mystery is why anyone would do that. But what I'm seeing here is people doing that. Like to me that people are choosing unreality over reality. It's it, not because it makes them happy. Even it's hard to say exactly why they're doing it. Um, I mean, there are many benefits, side benefits, right? You get to look down on people who are crazy conspiracy theorists. You get to feel virtuous. You get to be validated by the authorities that be the medical, the scientific, the, the media, you, you get to, you know, wink and nod at, at, you know, at cocktail parties at those people, those Trump deplorables, uh, those anti-vaxxers. You know, you, you get all the sort of psychological, emotional benefits of scapegoating, right? But mm-hmm. it, it's obviously not spiritually satisfying. It, it's, it's not joy. It's not peace. It's not love. Um, but, but, you know, people are uh, choosing this on reality. And... Um, I think the only way this is going to stop is if people stop doing that. And uh, I don't know how, um, you know, how you do it. it, it seems- well, well, you know, you mentioned earlier that there might be uh, enough of an uptick in deaths, which we're already seeing these statistics that are going to be hard for the authorities to explain this sort of 10, 15 percent uptick in overall death numbers. And yeah. if that continues, if there's a lot of the car- cardiovascular problems, athletes continue dropping dead. Even if the numbers don't reach anything like the calamitous proportions that some of your sources fear, it could still become impossible to hide. And that could lead to a situation where uh, it could become unstable as as the majority of people might start to lose faith in what they Well, unless, unless the new normal becomes people dying. 
I mean, I, I don't put that. <laughs> Wait a minute. How, how could they do that? I guess they could blame it on the virus. Huh? No, I mean, it, look, do you did you think that anyone would accept um, covering their face with cloth and fearing everybody as a walking carrier of disease and it, it almost enjoying, um, you know, a, a kind of totalitarian takeover of, of, of their society and their culture? Um I mean, there's been so much distortion of the good and the true that people have already accepted as normal, um, demonizing those who protest against it. Do you really put it past the possibility of it becoming, you know, normal that that people die? Um, I well, mean, yeah, I, I don't... think I think there's a jump there, Thaddeus. Like, for instance, yeah. like like in, in, in all over Asia. Uh, or parts of Asia, especially in certain seasons, everybody's been masking, you know, thinking that it reduces the flu. Uh, this has been going on for decades. And so that, it's it's the, it's obnoxious. I don't, you know, I agree that the science uh, doesn't enthusiastically endorse masking by any means. Uh, in the real world of masking, it's probably doing more harm than good. However, there's a big difference between that, uh, that's kind of, you know, stupid hygiene theater, uh, and suddenly, like a huge uptick in deaths from the vaccine. Well, I hope you're right. I mean, the point is, I mean, we we also have a situation where there's a, a shot that has been publicly even stated by the CDC to not prevent transmission and to not prevent infection. We have statistics coming. Well, it, out. It, it's a, let's be clear. It supposedly lowers transmission, but it looks like it doesn't do that nearly as much as they would wish. Well, it's just that I've seen, I've talked to people and you state this stuff and they even say, well, that might be true. I'm still getting it. And then you tell them, and then <laughs> right. you tell them the, the dangers of it. Oh, I'm getting it. I can't believe you're not getting it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I've, I've in-laws and, and family members like that too. All right. Well, that, that level of irrationality, that would be, I, that would be unheard of a few months ago or a few years, you know, even six months ago to me. I, I couldn't, I can't, the, 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 the levels of unreality and cognitive dissonance and irrationality are increasing. There are people waking up, but those who aren't waking up are getting worse. Um, and so that's why I'm saying I don't, I don't know what could, you, you would think that seeing actual people dying would wake people up, but maybe they would rationalize this. Maybe they would uh, blame something else than the thing yeah. that's. Well, they would people. have to. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope you're right. I mean, I, I would think that would wake people up, but um, I, I'm just uh, every day. I'm more and more amazed uh, at the level of unreality that rational, intelligent people are willing to accept. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, it's, it just like I said, it's it's to me when when you think about like how would anyone you know people wonder like how how does anybody end up in hell right if there's a hell um, who would choose this who would choose against all that's good true and beautiful uh, an eternal life of love with your creator right who why would you choose that um, but when you see people um, seemingly choosing. Um, I don't know how in, in inform their choices, but I don't get a sense that they're completely ignorant or invincibly ignorant. Like I, I get a sense that there's a kind of decision in their in their core for unreality over reality um, for some reason. Um, th- they don't want to be in the reality based uh, 
community. <laughs> yeah, we sure <laughs> saw that with 9-11, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, and we saw that with 9-11. You would show the buildings and people would just choose to believe the narrative, right? I mean, and you could talk about that they're under a spell, they're hypnotized, they're programmed. Um, they, maybe that's true for, for, for a good number. But I, I feel like there's some who are literally, um, you know, making the choice against, against the real, against mm-hmm. truth. Um, mm-hmm. And that is the, the sin of all sin. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that, that's, that's what Kufr is, right? The, in, I was just discussing this with the first hour guest, Ravia. She put some you know, insane Islamophobic slurs against the Quran into her book. Uh, including like this mistranslation about, you know, the, the translating this word as unbelievers, right? And so, oh, Islam forces you to believe, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. That's kufr is, is a, a better translation of that concept is the ungrateful truth concealers. And, you know, the, the, that you're ungrateful if you conceal the truth of the uh, magnificence of God's creation and our dependent relationship with God and, uh, and the kind of the people who prefer to, to not admit that truth, uh, are, are ungrateful. And then, but then they, they hide it and they can even become malignant about it. And I, I sense that's going on here. There's, there's a kind of, yes. in this, uh, COVID cult. Yeah. And so, I mean, what do you think is, do you think that's just to me? I don't know if you read my small, shorter piece I just wrote recently. Why is God permitting this hell on earth? I, I wrote a shorter piece on Substack, and I try to explain that what, why I think God's allowing all this. Um, and uh, what I what I end up saying is is he 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 wants people to make the decision, and so what he's giving them is he's giving people more than ever um, the choice. In other words, here here's what it looks like to to live in hell. It, it, it's the it's these things. It's scapegoating. It's um, denying your reason. It's um, self righteousness. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that this cult is is the fruits of this cult. And, and are, being terrified all the time. Don't forget yeah, that. Being terrified all the time. Having fear be your god. Okay, you want this? Well, I'm going to give it to you. You can have it. And um, I've never done this before as much as I am doing now. Um, and and he wants he wants this sifting. Um, and I, I it seems to me that I, that there's going to be a lot of people who don't choose um, the right thing. And it, it seems like that's what's happening. And it's 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 the great it's the great sifting at the end mm-hmm. at the end times. I mean, I think we're in the great tribulation. Um, I do. I do think there's there's an antichrist coming. Does this resonate with some of your Quranic theology about? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. It's the uh, eschatology in Islam is very close to Christian eschatology, and in in both cases, we expect some kind of antichrist figure uh, mm-hmm. who's a, a fake, a false messiah, a deceptive, lying, fake messiah. And then that illusion gets punctured by the return of Jesus, uh, peace upon him. Right. Uh, and it's interesting that the, that this is where Islam and Christianity both uh, diverge from Judaism. The Ju- Jewish Messiah has traditionally been a worldly military conqueror who subjugates the earth into a good, just peace, in which, of course, the Jews prevail over everybody else. Uh, yeah. And, of course, if that were the case, if we had some world ruler who uh, was established in a rebuilt temple 
in blood sacrifice temple in, in occupied Jerusalem, we would expect that person would be the Antichrist for Jew, for Christians and Muslims, even if he were the Messiah for Jews and perhaps Freemasons. Wow. Yeah, that is very close. Amazing. Well, maybe there'll be a kind of uh, ecumenical Christian-Muslim jihad against this Antichrist. Uh, maybe maybe that's going to form. Um, by well, the first way, we have to wake up the The Christians don't seem to understand this, oh, that, that Muslims are on their I, side in the end. I get it. Well, yeah. 9-11 did a lot to... To, to hurt to, to help that uh, intentionally, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would say a, a really good candidate for this person who's living kind of hell on earth um, and choosing it is that uh, Mona uh, character you had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, boy, she does sound like she's in the, like the sixth or seventh circle down there. It's down to yeah, I I couldn't. I mean, that was a caricature of of everything I'm talking about. Um, she 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 is completely closed. To the possibility of anything that says that this this shot is the savior of the world. Um, I mean, she's putting. I mean, everything is that, and anyone who doesn't think that, like you suggested, is is worthy of uh, of being cut out of the human community. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, you know, th- there's a there's a book called Lord of the World by Robert Hugh Benson. It's a great book on the Antichrist. Um, written in the early in the twenty early twentieth century, and he says what what the Antichrist will build is a kind of mystical community, a mystical body of humanity, uh, in in kind of counterfeit of the mystical body of Christ, and all those who don't submit to this you know globalist Antichrist agenda uh, will be will be seen as a kind of cancerous limb on this body, and uh, it's justified to cut it off. Mm, wow. Well, I hope that scapegoating, uh, that you know, kind of Rene Girard uh, scapegoating mechanism doesn't go too far out of control or things could get really ugly. I can, you know, have a could have a nightmare of millions of Mona shakes uh, chasing me down the street. <laughs> well, I, I think it's I mean, they're building they're building the propaganda for that, you know, calling, a, you know, a bunch of uh, loving homeschooling uh, families who just simply don't want to have to. Uh, be forced to eject their children as domestic terrorists. And uh, I mean, and it, you, you saw this with the demonization and the January 6th and, ba- you know, the, the, the whole idea of, of anybody who's white is a white supremacist and um, terrorist. I mean, they're, they're, it's starting, right? I, I think they're, the, the unvaccinated are, are um, you know, corrupt. Uh, they're, un- they're tainted. They're ill-willed. They're against the good of humanity, right? They're selfish. She kept yeah. saying that to you. You're selfish. You're selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's the the new normal, I guess. And uh, God willing, we will continue to walk the path of truth and justice and uh, survive the madness um, for as long as God wants us to. Well, thank you so much, Thaddeus Kaczynski. It's been great talking with you as always. Uh, love your work. Uh, link your Substack at the radio blog by way of truthjihad.com. Click on the radio schedule link. And I look forward to talking again. Thanks, Kevin. I, I appreciate the pushback, too, on what I was saying. I'll have to think about what you've been saying. Thank you. Sounds good. And we'll talk again, God willing. Thank you Bye-bye. for listening to Bye-bye. Revolution Radio.